Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Do you have a highly functioning team or is there still work to be done? That's the topic for today's episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Welcome back on this Friday, the 3rd of September, 2021. Darren Mitchell here, host of the show. And as we wrap up the week, wanted to ask a very important question for all sales leaders out there and all leaders, by the way, out there. How functioning is your team? One of the things I get to do, which is uh, which is a real privilege, is working with sales teams and sales leadership uh, executives in particular, and a lot of sales leaders. I get to see all types of different team dynamics and many many different forms and approaches to leadership. Many of which uh, have highly, and I'll just say this respectfully, as uh, nicely as I possibly can, highly dysfunctional, where the leaders really have no idea what they're doing, and the team ha- literally has no idea what they're doing. So it is sometimes considered to be like the blind leading the blind. However, there's also some great examples where we've got some leaders who are highly functional and they oversee and lead a team which is also highly functional as well, delivering great results. Uh, And then in the middle, there's this huge number that sits somewhere in between. Some days and some months, uh, and sometimes some years, they are highly functional and it's sometimes like they uh, catch lightning in a bottle, what they touch turns to gold, and yet other years it is highly dysfunctional. And so one of the things I wanted to uh, wanted to touch on today, I've just come off a workshop with a group, uh, a group of leaders, yesterday in terms of talking about all things influence and leading through influence. And one of the areas we talked about was this concept of overseeing either a highly functional team or a dysfunctional team, and both of those teams are going to be the I guess the mirror image of the leader and the approach that the leader has in overseeing and leading that particular team. Now, it's actually quite rare that a sales leader comes into an environment and it just hums. It's just, it just works. As I mentioned, sometimes they'll be, they'll be lucky, lightning will be caught in a bottle, and the results the team generate are just extraordinary, and they, they're sustainable. And, and you know what? If you're in that position, ever been in that position, or ever get into that position, try to bottle what it is that's happening in their environment because <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people, a lot of organizations, and a lot of leaders looking for what the secret source is. Uh, now, with that, there's also a huge number, and the vast majority, in fact, that have to work their butts off. And this is what I'm talking about in terms of leaders. They have to work their butts off, lots through trial and error, through implementing things and finding out what works and what doesn't work, to the point where they get a level of functionality within the team. And there's a whole host of things that go into this. But one of the things that uh, we talked about yesterday is there is a formula for highly functioning and great performance in teams that if the leader is able to tap into this, they can actually create an environment where the results become sustainable and they become replicable. And in the process, guess what? This leader becomes an exceptional sales leader. Now, uh, the leader who focuses their attention on these key principles is going to be the leader that ultimately will see those remarkable results. However, there's there's also a lot of leaders out there that literally don't know what they don't know. And one of the things that um, I've experienced in working with sales leaders in particular over the last five or six years is that many of them don't get the opportunity to uh, have a mentor, have a coach, have a sounding board, be given the tools, have the game plan, if you like, to make the transition from an individual contributor role into the sales leadership role. And so a lot of it is going to be trial and error. And there's going to be more error than trial. Uh, 
and they don't necessarily get the results that they were hoping for. And for many of them, they start to question as to why they became a sales leader in the first place. Now, there are others that are placed in that role quite intentionally, and there's for various reasons that they want to be in that particular role. And even those people, even though it was an intentional uh, strategy to move into a sales leadership position and sales leadership responsibility, they still oversee a team that is not highly functional and there's something missing. So one of the things we talked about yesterday, and I want to I want to cover off a model that comes from a guy called Patrick Lencioni, who has wrote a number of books. I think he's wrote about 11 books, and he's done a lot of work, particularly in in leadership and management around specifically team management. And one of the key books that he's written that was highly successful and still is, is called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Now, I wanna, I wanna cover this from two perspectives. The whole topic of this particular episode of the podcast is creating a sustainably functioning team. But in order to do that, often we have to understand, okay, what does a dysfunctional team actually look like and what are some elements within the team that will lead to that level of dysfunction that if we're aware of them, we can now place some conscious awareness on those and build some strategies to enable us as a leader to create an environment where we can turn that around and start creating a functional team that over time through persistence, through consistency, and obviously through commitment, we can actually turn that into a sustainably functional team. And when that happens, just watch what happens to the results of the team and the elevation you receive as part of that in terms of your leadership. Not that it's really about uh, about you as a leader, because if you're a, if you're a decent leader, if you're a real leader, if you're an exceptional leader, you know that it's not about you. But uh, there will be some accolades that come your way, but it's not about that, as we have always talked about. So um, one of the things we talked about yesterday with this team is we we went, we need to uncover okay what does the team look like right now? And so for any of us, any of you listening right now, thinking about where does my team sit, start thinking about and doing some analysis as I go through each of these. Just ask yourself in relation to your team. Are there any pieces of evidence that would suggest that my team right now is demonstrating some of these levels of dysfunction? And and so this is a pyramid, and a pyramid base basically starts from the foundation. And the first dysfunction or the first foundation of any dysfunction of any team is what's called an absence of trust. And this is where you've got the team members that don't trust each other. They don't trust their team leader. They don't trust their sales leader. They don't trust their customers. They don't trust each other. And they're literally afraid of showing uh, any levels of weakness. Uh, And they also, another symptom of this is they don't take any level of responsibility. They refuse to be vulnerable and they refuse to open up to one another. And so what you'll start to see is you'll start to see a number of people within the team become more and more individual. They hold things close to them. They become, uh, what's the word? They, They protect themselves from... Uh, well, fear of fear of criticism, really, when it's when it's all said and done, but they're not willing to step out, and they're not silly, certainly willing to invest their time and energy in helping anybody else further develop, and therefore help the team develop even further. And so it becomes very much an individual game. When there's an absence of trust, you're going to have team members that uh, are therefore quite protective of what they say and what they don't say. They'll begin looking over their shoulder in terms of who potentially is watching. Uh, they won't be taking risks. And they'll be very, very uh, hesitant in terms of what they put on the table in terms of what actions they take. So this is not a great start because if there's an absence of trust, and this is why it's the bottom, it's the bedrock of any team and also the bedrock of any great leadership is a foundation of trust. So where there's no trust, we literally have dysfunction and that's where it starts. Now, interestingly, when there's a level of uh, trust that's missing within a team, what tends to happen is the next part that comes in, the second dysfunction that we see is a fear of conflict. So teams that lack trust are actually incapable of engaging in unfiltered and passionate debate 
around ideas that actually matter. So when we talk about creating standards for a team, if there's a lack of trust, then you're going to have team members in the in the team that are not willing to have a say, to give your give you their opinion, to give you different perspectives, which means that instead of uh, instead of having that debate in and hoping to get better as a team and as a unit, people are going to be fearful of saying anything. So what they'll do is they'll avoid conflict. They will instead possibly replace this with an artificial level of harmony. So they'll start saying things that are not actually true. They don't necessarily believe in, but they'll say it anyway because they want to maintain a level of involvement, but not to the point where they're going to be criticized because they don't want an argument. Now, in a work setting where team members do that, do not openly express their opinions, what happens is it leads to potentially inferior decisions because leaders are making decisions based on information that is not actually accurate, nor is it truthful or based in any reality. So this is what happens. There's a level of fear of conflict. So you see this all the time. You've got team members literally walking around on eggshells, being afraid to say things and certainly not rocking the boat because they don't trust anybody else and certainly they don't trust their leader. Now, when there's a lack of this healthy conflict, then what tends to happen is the third dysfunction comes in where there is obviously a lack of commitment. Now, without having uh, the opportunity to share their opinions or their perspectives, what tends to happen is the team members rarely, if ever, will buy into the, the team ethos, they won't buy into the team values or the team mission or the team vision, and therefore they won't be actually increasing their level of discretionary effort, which means how much potential is actually being left on the table where people are actually thinking thinking before they take any action because what they're worried about is what if I take this form of action or what if I say something and it's not agreeable or people think it's silly or I sound like an idiot or I don't sound as as knowledgeable as perhaps I've actually uh, told people or led people to believe that I am. And so there's this lack of commitment. So people are walking around the team on eggshells and you find that the team leader is overseeing an, an environment that is highly dysfunctional. And the results will always be a consequence of the lack of commitment that a team is putting out. And that literally, they'll take care of themselves, those, those particular results. And so when there's this lack of commitment, this leads to the fourth level of dysfunction. This is where you see, well, because there's a lack of commitment, because there's a fear of conflict and because there is this absence of trust, the level of accountability that exists within the team is literally non-existent. There is no accountability. There's no, well, there's no commitment to the plan. There's no commitment to the vision. People aren't going to hold each other accountable because it's like it's all every single person in for themselves. And at a really obvious level, when they're so focused on themselves and their own performance, they don't have any visibility of what everyone else is doing anyway. So if they do have a conversation... It's probably going to be based on a level of criticism where they're trying to elevate themselves against the other person and not necessarily driving some positive accountability for that other person to help them get better and therefore help the team get better. So from a dysfunctional team perspective, there is this complete lack of accountability. And I've got to say, I've seen this time and time again when you've got the sales leader who is trying to drive a direction where the team needs to achieve results. And sometimes the, the results may well be um, uh, nowhere near where they need to be or the target need seems to be really, really high. But because there's no level of trust that's been really established, there's this lack of accountability. And as a leader, it's really, really difficult to try and push people to perform because when you're trying to drive a level of accountability and there's been no establishment or bedrock of trust put in place, then whatever you say as a leader is almost going to be duck, a water off a duck's back and it's not going to be believable. And so the team will start to believe other things and what they'll probably start to believe is their own conversation in their own head and most of them are thinking they're doing okay because they're focused on their own performance 
and often to the expense and at the expense of their teammates. And so this lack of accountability is literally a rod for a team's back because you have, it's, it's such a high level of dysfunction and it's really, really difficult to turn it around because it's almost ingrained now. The behaviors are ingrained. And whilst you can see the end, one, end game, once you can see that there's a possibility, certainly as a leader, it's so difficult to actually try and change the behaviors because they're almost like they're unconscious habits that have been formed. And even if they wanted to, if they wanted to change and improve their level of accountability, most people would find it very, very difficult because underneath those levels of a lack of accountability, you've got a lack of commitment, a lack of conflict, and an absence of trust. So literally everything comes back, therefore, to the trust or the absence of trust as a bedrock for any functioning team. And by the way, any functioning leadership capability. And so when there's a lack of accountability, the fifth, the fifth dysfunction comes into place. And this is where it can actually thrive. And this is where you've got an inattention or a lack of focus on results. And this occurs when your team members, they're putting their individual needs ahead of the team needs and certainly the division's needs. And certainly your needs. It's all about self. Now, I have this conversation a lot, particularly with leaders who are relatively new, when they talk about sales teams because... The very nature of, and just think about that word, sales teams, it sort of presupposes that we're a sales team and we're in this together. But if you look at the behaviors of a lot of organizations and the behaviors of a lot of sales leaders, they often create internal tension and internal competition where the individuals within the team are almost focused exclusively on their own results because that's how they're measured. They very rarely get measured at a team level. The sales leader certainly does, but not the individual's. And so simply through that sort of conversation, it's very easy to see that there can be a, a ten, an inattention, if you like, to results at the team level. And this is another level of dysfunction that we need to be really conscious of. Because what you'll see is there'll be people who are going to be doing things and try to get allocation of resources for their own deals. They try to elevate themselves against their competition within the team to try and get access to these resources or get access to the best pricing or whatever the case might be. Um, and so there is this level of internal competition that exists. This is where, as a highly functioning sales leader, we need to be really, really clear on. We've got some team goals that we need to hit, and we also have some individual goals that we expect an individual salesperson to hit as well. So there has to be a balancing act. But when there's a lack of accountability at the team level, there's going to be a lack of attention to the results, and you're going to have people in it for themselves. And so they're the key, the five key dysfunctions of a team. So it stands to reason if we wanted to create a sustainably functioning team, a highly functioning team and a highly successful team, then guess what? We do the opposite of the five dysfunctions. Now, this sounds really simple in uh, in theory. It can be simple in practice, but it does take a bit of work. It takes some discipline. It takes a lot of persistence and it takes a leader with strength to maintain the course because you will have some internal competition. You will have some people that perhaps won't necessarily agree with your direction, uh, with your strategy or with your tactics, but you've got to stay the course because the overarching uh, objective here is to create a highly functioning team that people want to be a part of. I mean, there's nothing worse than working in a sales team that people don't want to be part of and they're simply going through the motions to try and hit a number. And that's where the focus is from the business or from the sales leader. It is the number, the number, the number. That is not what a high functioning team does. A highly functioning team has a team of people in it who want to be part of that particular team. They're driving towards a common goal and they know exactly what each of their parts are to play in achieving that goal. So let's flip this on its head and talk about the five functions of a team and it's pretty much the opposite of what we've talked about for the last 14 minutes. First thing is let's talk about the bedrock of trust. 
This is, this is paramount. This is fundamental and this is foundational. As a sales leader, we must earn the right to lead our team and we must also earn the right to be trusted by our team. Just because we've got the title of sales manager or sales leader does not equal you are trusted. We've got to earn the level of trust from the team, which means we've got to look for opportunities to serve them. We've got to help them. We've got to develop them, which means we've got to create an environment where other people within the team are also looking for opportunities where they can also help the team. They can help each other. They can share ideas. They can give feedback. We create an, and I've talked about this a lot, create the environment where feedback is demanded. It is not just expected. Now, if you can do that, guess what? There's an establishment of trust, but it's all about servitude and it's all about enabling people to give Give their perspectives without fear of retribution and certainly without the fear of criticism. When that's been established, guess what? You're going to have teams that are more than happy to engage in robust conversation around ideas. And what you want as a sales leader is you want different perspectives. You want people to have different ideas because that's when you'll put it into a mix. You have some healthy conflict and people are no, no, no longer fearing of the conflict. They're actually looking forward to a robust discussion because... They know the intention there is true and the intention is pure because the team is there to help everybody achieve an outcome and achieve the team and achieve the team and outcome and move forward in a functional way. So no longer you're going to have people who are holding things to themselves and focusing on their own performance. You're going to have opportunities where people are more than happy to share ideas as far left field as they possibly can be. You're more than happy to have those shared because hey, there's going to be a robust discussion and maybe just maybe there's a pillar of excellence in that that could be the difference that makes all the difference to your team's performance for an entire year. So when you've got a team that's more than happy to share ideas and more than happy to have some robust discussions around those ideas, you therefore have a level of commitment that is unparalleled because people are going to be committing to decisions and plans of actions that are made and agreed to either by you as the sales leader or collectively as the team. And this is the beautiful thing because even though there may be some ideas that people have put forward that didn't end up being the idea that's been decided to move forward with. Because they've had the opportunity to share that idea and because they haven't been criticized, there's a higher possibility of them buying into and moving forward with the idea because they're now part of a team and we all have agreed we're moving in the one direction. So they start to see a high level of commitment around these decisions and the plans of actions that are going to be taking place. Now, what's a really interesting there is the level of discretionary effort goes up from each individual, and collectively that has a has an a uh, what's the what's the term a compounding effect or an exponential impact on results that are generated because everybody's playing a part, and it's almost like everybody's in a symphony, and you're the sales leader with the uh, the big stick at the front waving it around like a lunatic, but they're playing magnificent music and they're in harmony. This is what happens when there's a positive uh, level of commitment that everybody's buying in and there's a level of commitment to the, to the cause and therefore to each individual's contribution to that cause. Guess what happens when that happens? When there's a level of discretionary effort that goes up through the roof, there's a high level of accountability. Not, a, not only is there a high level of accountability where the leader can drive high levels of accountability, but there's also, most importantly, peer accountability. So we're now really, really clear on what the standards are what the objectives are that we're trying to hit, and it doesn't now stand with the sales leader to be the person driving the levels of accountability or managing the performance of the team. You're going to have individual team members that are holding each other accountable because they know they want to drive towards excellence and they all have a part to play. And so this is where the whole energy of the entire team goes up, the whole capability of the whole team goes up, and the whole engagement of the team goes up as well. And guess what happens when there's a high level of accountability? there is now a much more laser-focused attention level on 
collective results. Now, even though you might have sales teams that are responsible for their own individual numbers, they are still thinking about how does my number contribute to the whole team. I'm now looking for opportunities where I can help another team member who perhaps is not at an individual level that they need to be and how can I help them become more accountable but also how can I help them through some uh, some effort on my part to help them get across the line and get the number as well so they can actually make a positive or more positive contribution to the collective results. So this sounds simple, but it actually can work really, really well in practice as well and it doesn't have to be as onerous as a lot of people think because what it does start with is a high level of trust. So as a leader, this is one thing to think about. So right now, just have a look at where your team's at right now. Is there a lack of trust? Do you have people that are tipping, tiptoeing around the, the edges on eggshells, not necessarily wanting to put themselves completely in the game and maybe there's a fear of criticism there? Where's the commitment level at across the team? What sort of accountability do you have? And where is the people's focus? Are they focusing on their own individual results or are they more focused on what the team as a whole can achieve? And answers to all those questions will give you a very, very clear indication as to where you might be sitting in relation to a level of either function or potentially dysfunction within the team. And look, the great news is no matter where you are, there's always an opportunity to get better because no matter where you are right now, as we know as exceptional sales leaders, there is always another level to get to and that is what it's all about, getting to that next level and using that next level as a platform for springboarding to yet another level of exceptional performance. So I trust that message resonates and it makes sense and that you can take uh, some of that information and really look at where your team's sitting right now and you can use that as a springboard to take your team's performance and certainly your performance as a leader to an entirely new level. And if you'd like some help with that, hey, let's work together. Uh, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com. You and I will work together over the next uh, 90 days, three months, and we'll turn you into an exceptional sales leader where not only will you have a highly functional team, it'll be a sustainably successful team, and those results you start to generate will be highly replicable, but in the process, you'll take your leadership to levels that you seem unimaginable right now. So let's get on to working together. Let's do that as early as uh, next week. Jump on my calendar, leadwithdarren.com, pick a time, we'll jump on a call and have that conversation. So trust you are finishing the week really, really strongly. Uh, Have a phenomenal weekend. Make sure you uh, rest, recuperate, reflect, and get ready to reload into a brand new week. I look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.